0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. A uh, couple of quick announcements. The first thing is, there's a possibility that I will not, not continue doing this podcast. Um, you know, the reason that I started it was just to learn to be myself. And that was before I had... Good morning. That was before I had... Um, All of my shit figured out, and was still very uncomfortable with myself. I didn't like myself. Um, And to bring, to swirl in the Bible stuff, if we don't love ourselves, we can't love our neighbor, because you don't even know what love is really. It's um. You can do loving actions. You can't really love them because <clears throat> when it comes to love, there's not just obligation, but there's also a joy in giving it. We think about love as something like an object where you give it or receive it from somebody, but it's a little bit more like warmth. You know, when you're cold. And you've got your uh, significant other in the bed next to you. And you cuddle up to them. You're sharing warmth. You're giving it. <clears throat> but you're also getting it. Um, and when it came to love. I felt like I had to give it all. Like it was always I lost when I gave. And then I waited to receive it. But. Maybe I expected to feel um, love in a direct, you know, correlation to. I meant to feel the love back to me, in the same measure of the effort that I gave to somebody else—the time or effort—and it doesn't work that way. Just like, hmm. just like when you do your own, when you do a chore which is how it felt for me because I was unloving. Because at the core of myself, I was truly not loving of myself or others. I had this really bad view of the world. And because of that, um, even when I did chores or maintenance things for myself, I didn't like it. It was very much like, my life is terrible, I should fix it. And my bad ego, my bad self, my bad sinful me, that was the message that I had. And that is uh, categorically bullshit. It's very important that we move outside of that for ourselves. Good morning, my friend. That's very, very important. And only recently have I been able to do that. And it came through some counseling, uh, came through some inner work came a lot through forgiveness. It came through, for me, not lying. I've had very weird um, getting conflicted input on my personality type as I'm watching YouTube videos and just doing some research. Getting very conflicted information about does my type really sort of operate always in the truth, which feels maybe a little more INTP Um, or do we lie a lot? Because EN ENTP, my personality type, uh, a big part of our personality type is that we're kind of Loki. You know, we're the trickster. Uh, we are Joker and Batman. Heath Ledger's Joker was a was a really, you know, abused and therefore abusive ENTP. I love that we don't even know his backstory, because he uh, says it, you know, every time he tells his backstory, it's different about how he got his weird smile. Um, that's, that's because we often don't even know our own selves, our own backstory. It's kind of a, it's a there's a pretty big internal conflict. Um, definitely around social stuff. Anyway, uh, man, I forgot where I was with all this shit. Oh, guapo. The the dog's pooping. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay, sorry about the interruption. I'm back. Um, yeah, so there's something... I went a million different directions in my mind after I stopped. So uh, I think that I was talking about, well, I'm gonna to go to what I wanna talk about. So I, I've been doing like all this new self-discovery and really learning about the Myers-Briggs system. And one thing I realized about myself Is that when I think of a word, I build a caricature. I think all of us do, right? A word represents something. And it's sort of like you can say tree. And then you can picture something in your head. But maybe you're thinking of a pine tree. And I'm thinking of a palm tree. And someone else is thinking of an oak tree. Like I say one word. And we all go, oh, yeah, of course, I know what you're talking about. a Fucking tree. But then... All of us have a different picture in our head. That nuance is very important to me. Um, And also when I think that I've got it, I tend not to ask questions and then I start attaching everything to my construct. So everything, you know, I rebuild my whole understanding of the world based on, oh, new data about how everything connects to the idea the concept of tree, what a tree is, and um, if that changes, then I resist that because it takes a lot of work for me to examine in my mind how many different things that connects to, and how is that going to change? You know, like someone will be like, "Oh, that's a that's an oak tree, and that's a that's a pine tree." This is a hardwood, and that's a that's a softer wood. And here's what that means. And then, you know, so I understand the difference between just oak and pine. Then I have to understand well what makes them different. Okay, I get the shape, but is the wood different? Oh yeah, the wood's very different. One's hard and one is soft. Like soft wood, what does that exactly mean? Um, and then when you you know, when you dig in deeper, it's kind of like, well, the bark is different, the climate that it grows is different, the animals that feed off of it are different, the, the fruit or seed is different. like, And then I have to think about all of the different ways, because maybe I had it in my mind that all, you know, when I think of tree, I'm like, okay, tree, living thing, uh, birds and butterflies go feed on its nectar and then bring bring that nectar somewhere else that's how it happens a squirrel climbs up one tree then climbs up the other tree and that's what pollinates the tree then i find out that there's some that they just drop their pollen into the air and it floats through the air and lands on other trees and i'm like wait a minute that you don't understand how that changes the whole world for me man just as i said that i got freaking anxious I, I get like short of breath. Um, that was really odd. Good morning. morning. Guapo, come here. Good boy, Guapo. Very good. That was such a good job. Such a good job. My little pooch just avoided another pooch who was big and excited. Good job, Guapo. So yeah, when a new idea comes in and I have to rethink it, the idea will hit me. This happens a lot, by the way. And then I just have to stop for a second and sort of reconfigure things. Depending on how big the revelation, that's how long I have to stop. Um, sometimes it opens up a million other doors. It's like this big chain reaction and I have to go research everything. Because, well, shit. Okay, so if if it's not always the birds and the squirrels that... Uh, pollinate things and butterflies the way I used to think well there's all this pollen well if there's all this pollen everywhere okay that changes the way that I understand what dirt and dust is first of all that really changes the way I think about dirt and dust and things being static Uh, it changes the way I think about air It changes the way I think about breathing. Now, actually, just popped in my head. Oh, I understand allergies now. I understand allergies. Those things that are just floating around the air. That goes in your nose. And good morning. That goes in your nose and it bothers you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So... Yeah, that. Sorry, uh, a person with a pooch was just was just talking about how cute my pooch is, and she has a shepherd like my dog I grew up with. So anyway, with pollen, yeah. So let's see, uh, pollen, air, sex, allergies, nose. Okay. So um. Yeah. So did you hear? Uh, like, so I just kind of said it out loud, like the I had to retrace how I got there. Uh, because pollen made me realize that trees have sex differently. Um, Then that made me realize that, (laughs) and it's often crude, um, my things, because when I make it kind of a silly picture, I can remember it better. So I pictured like tree, uh, trees ejaculating all over me all the time. That's sort of the picture that went in in my head. It's just like, this is, so pollen is tree splooge. Uh, guapo heel. We're crossing a busy road. Hold on. Good guapo. Good boy, guapo. Very good. Good job, guapo. Right here, guapo. Hey. He's really scared. He doesn't even want to eat his treat. Cars are scaring him, that's good. See, now that just built a whole bunch of stuff in my mind about how to train a dog. So let me get back to the trees, things. Oh yeah, so in my head it's just like, so pollen, when when you see dust in your house, that could be pollen, which is tree um, and, uh, you know, tree seed basically. Uh, then that made me think of dust in, like, so this dog now, this dog kind of makes something like pollen with his dander. He so dander, what is that? Oh, that's dead skin cells. Wait a minute. I also create a bunch of dead skin cells that, that goes in my bed. Uh, so it's just all this nuance And do you see how that just happened with him thinking about the dander? I went there because I was thinking about the tree when I switched to the dog trying to cross the road. I had to pay attention to the dog a second, but then that made my brain go, hey, do dogs also put stuff in the air? Yeah, they do. They've got their dander. Um, So there's a little microscopic bits of trees and dogs and everything all over us and then you know it's coronavirus time so then i'm thinking okay so now how does that look how do i visualize that somebody sneezes holy crap now i get it that's just like the tree letting its pollen out and now coronavirus basically uses us to pollinate other people so that it can grow Now we don't like that because it makes us sick. Some of us get really sick and can even die. But that's just coronavirus doing its thing. That's literally just coronavirus figuring out how to survive. Good boy Guapo, stay up, stay, heal. Yeah, that's just coronavirus surviving trying to move forward and we are going to take this new life form that if we found it on another planet we would value like the greatest scientific discovery ever and we're going to just wipe it out I don't think we should because death is a part of things that's the other side of our argument that's and that's one thing about my personality type that I think is our greatest strength is that I can't do this road in the morning anymore. It's too loud. And it's early. I didn't think the cars would be out like this yet. Um, but we do this all the time is that we lose sight of the other part of the argument. I think that one of the things that make us do that the most are emotions. Well, what fool us the most are our senses. Think of an optical illusion. And our. Emotions, think about when you're frustrated and you do something you wouldn't normally do, you say something you wouldn't normally say, you snap at somebody, right? It's very much, you know, in the way I've been thinking about it, not in a bad way because I don't judge, but I've been thinking about that. That's a lot more attached to this world. Like that's really cool that somebody, in my view, actually is a spirit but they have detached themselves totally from the spirit thing to become a human, right? They're just totally like, nope, I'm a human. Uh, when they, you know, when they were born and their consciousness went into their body, they're like, I want to forget that I'm a consciousness and think that I'm only a body. And that's a really cool spiritual experience. And then I think your spiritual practice is gonna be different than somebody like me, who is, um, the way I take in the world is sort of conceptual. Um, it's, I sort of make like logical leaps. I build sort of structures. It's like everything in my brain is an analogy because I realized that everything in the world Or I think, anyway, that just everything in the world is an analogy also. It's an an analogy for a spiritual reality, which is ultimately all that matters. And if people go, like, but what about me? What about, well, what about my body? Like, my body, I'm an individual. Like, well, you know, every seven years, your body, every cell in your body, if I understand this correctly, that may be wrong, it may be longer or less, but... Uh, in a multiple times in your life, assuming that you live to the ripe old age of seventy, multiple times in your life, you will have completely exchanged all of your cells for different cells, all of them. So there's literally not a single cell in you right now that is the same cell that was there when you were born. So what is the constant? Like to me, I say you are an analogy. Your body is an analogy. Your body is a metaphor in the physical world for your consciousness, for your soul. That's how it shows up. I tend not to associate so much, very curious about the world and how it all works But for me, when I find out about how the world works, I'm just like, well, what does it mean? What does it mean to my my consciousness? Because at the end of the day, it seems to me, that's the only thing that I'm ultimately responsible for. What do I do with my own consciousness? How do I use this thing? How do I treat it? How do I treat other people's consciousness? How do I understand the fact that you can have two conscious people standing next to each other, and they're seeing the world totally differently. Well, that's kind of what, like, the Myers-Briggs system is, you know, the cognitive functions and all that. It's just some of the ways of thinking about, like, well, here's generally, let's try and get sort of binary. People learn things. All right, you got to get information in. And you can do that either by... The real world, like sensing stuff, or by thinking, be conceptual. You can measure it, or you can model it. Ooh, that was good. That was really good. See, I can't think about them. They just come in my head. But that was good. You can measure it, or you can model it. That's really good. The next thing. Uh, so that's that's the uh, the second letter in Myers Briggs. That's your perceiving function. Do you, to get information in, to learn, do you measure it or do you sort of build a model? Like, I build a model in my head. Even when I see a tree, I'm thinking about what it represents about everything else. Um, So that's perceiving function. The next function, the third letter in the Myers-Briggs, like, like I'm a ENTP, so E-N-T, my T, that third letter is how you make decisions, how you, how you value things, sort of. Um, do I think that it's more important that it be right or that it feel right? So do I want truth? Or do I want feelings? Do I want people happy? Is it ultimately best if people are happy or that they are correct, that we have the right answer? And I'm a thinker, so I think for sure we need to have the right answer. Uh, Because what I've noticed is that feelings can be controlled. The other thing that I thought about just the other day is that, that dichotomy, thinking and feeling, is also a concrete abstraction shift. So, if we think about sensing intuitive, sensing is very concrete, intuitive is abstract. Sensing is the world, what in the Bible we call the flesh, this physical existence, science. And intuitive is the mind, the consciousness, the you that has preferences. Why do you prefer chocolate over vanilla? Why do you prefer movies over books? Why do you prefer coffee over hot chocolate? Why? That is intuition thing that makes all those decisions why do you think that it's more important to be in the real world than all up in your in the clouds that is an up in the clouds choice you just think so it's simply a preference so what this does what this uh What this helps us see is that all of us, that there are two sides to every story. And then when you look at that a little bit closer, when you look at a concept a little closer, you're like, oh, there are two sides here. There's the practical, and then there is the theoretical, how it will work, how it affects consciousness, how it affects our understanding of even the physical world, but beyond that, the metaphysical world. We have the same thing with thinking and feeling. Feeling is very much, Your body responds, like, okay, I'm feeling it right now. noticing this a lot in myself. This subconscious emotion. Uh, But I get short of breath, and it's this little bit of anxiety. I'm, I'm very anxious all the time. The reason that I'm very anxious is mostly because of social interactions, because I've been told so often that my thoughts, ideas, beliefs, ways of moving, way of figuring things out is wrong and unacceptable and that's scary like especially when you're young you feel like you will get kicked out of the tribe um, and my personality type is pretty rare so it's easy for people to get confused by frustrated scared of my personality type because it just literally doesn't make sense to people and to be honest it doesn't make sense to me a lot of times either i don't understand that this really has been the question is i am trying to bring my intuition down to sensing like well, i want to fucking measure it <laughs> like i want to know what it actually is in the physical world draw me an idea draw me a preference what does a preference look like what does a preference taste like how much energy how much preference energy is in this decision, because you can strongly prefer something or not strongly prefer something. What the hell? That strength, what is it? Like in steel, we can measure shear strength. We can measure tensile strength. We can, you know, there's there's multiple ways to even measure the strength of steel based on different purposes or different uses. And here's our consciousness right our own preferences for the world we don't even think about the fact that we have preferences and that's all that it is and that a preference can be really strong and we don't know what that is either when a preference is stronger than the other what is stronger well i don't know it's just what i like yeah why understanding the why is the uh, intuitive part, or actually take the back. It's probably the perceiving part. It's both. <laughs> Sorry about that. Good job, Guapo. Come here. Oh, good boy. Dog alert. Good morning. Hey, Booches. Guapo. Oh, come here. Good boy. Sorry. there's. Uh, we are learning <laughs> you you pretty much got that right yeah he's he's safe no matter how bad he is oh yeah <laughs> nice well thank you i am gr- i've grown quite attached <laughs> have a good day the neighbor just told me that her daughter Loves my puppy. She's like, she, she thinks it's the cutest one. And you know what? She's right. Um. So anyway, where was I? Uh, intuition, sensing. How do we know preferences? Um. That's consciousness. Okay. So what is that like? That's really my sort of desire. Is how could we measure preference? Uh. Externally. How could we? How could we measure unfalsifiable preference? And that's interesting to me because I know how deceitful people are uh, of themselves, especially how we set up protective measures in our life to figure out, or I'm sorry, to deal with and not figure out something that we know intuitively. There it is we know it we know there's something wrong about there's something wrong about mom and dad i don't know what it is but let me just fall into this routine because when we fall into this routine and we just say that there's these rules here then we get to ignore what we're seeing and all the all the inconsistencies and so maybe sensing you know another way to think about sensing versus intuitive is the, yeah, I said it already, the concrete, how concrete, measurable, uh, externalized, verifiable it is. Um, And it's really funny because somebody will say, well, something should be, it's more important that something's verifiable. And I say, well, why? If if you really love somebody, if if you are absolutely in love with a woman, who's your wife, and she your heart is breaking because she wants to divorce you because somebody put probes up to your head and said, you must, uh, you don't love your wife at all. And she says, you must love me. You better make that fucking meter move or I'm leaving. And you love her. You don't want to see your wife and your children leave. And she's saying, but hooked up to this external box. It says this external box says, you don't love me, I'm thinking the kids and I'm leaving, you'll never see them again, you fucker. So that's what it feels like to me when that's what it feels to me like when, when scientific atheists go, well, you can't prove it. I'm like, You tell me how. You tell me how to prove preference. You tell me how to prove uh, a way to, you know, impersonally verify strength of preference. And we can have an argument that measurement matters. But here, what we're talking about is actual human preference. If the zombies come, the things that will make you make all of your decisions, the things that will determine what we fight about, the things that will determine what we value, uh, resource, security, safety. Guapo, set, heel. Up, heel. Guapo, heel. Guapo. Good morning. Good boy. No. Guapo? No, guapo. Good, good boy. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> how are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. I don't know how mine will act. He's new. Uh, he's growling. I've, yeah, let's not get him too close. Like a oh. He's really, a, yeah, he's oh. really afraid, I've noticed. That's what it's all about. <laughs> let me hold on. Let me stop my. I was just recording myself, but no. Let me stop it really quick. Okay. So first of all, I saw the time on this, but this is cool. So you know, for anybody listening, this is kind of going to be kind of neat to hold on to for a little bit, just to see what it's like inside the mind of an ENTP. So here's here's one thing that I learned recently, fellow ENTPs. This might be helpful to you. I wanted to just ignore that guy and point at my ear. I'm like, hey, I'm on the phone. But I've learned that getting perspectives and like, you know, I'm thinking about personalities. So then as I started talking to the guy, I started putting it all into my construct. This guy is, uh, you know, externalizing his social experience. His feeling experience is probably FE, I guess. Yeah. Also was wearing a Yankees thing and all. So is that S-E, can that happen? Yes, Yeah, yeah, you can have S-E and F-E. So, I mean, loose caricature, right? But that's how my brain works. So now I just stopped and I thought about him, then I thought about his dog. If dogs had personalities, what would this dog be? It was a little puppy, you know, with like Napoleonic complex, kind of growling. I think I was given my whole uh, idea about just abstracted to concrete. I think that S and F are basically external experiences can influence you. And it seems to me from a spiritual perspective, that's coming to earth, you know, incarnating as a human and your soul decided let me be totally disconnected from my soul and then see what that's like and that's kind of interesting for me i'm like well i want to be right in the middle i want my my soul in the clouds but my physical experience to be on the earth you know i want my i want my thoughts and i want my Even my experience of the world, I want it to be always seen through the lens of consciousness. And I want, uh, but then I'm going to go still to earth where I have to live in this vehicle that is sensory and has feelings. But I want to always recognize that I am just driving the vehicle. That's kind of what the spiritual thing is about for me. Is recognizing that you are not your vehicle. Um, also, that you're that you are in control of your vehicle, so you're not allowed to get all emotional and then se all over the place and start like, yeah, you know, throwing things. Or you can create art and stuff, but you're not allowed to um, in your negative emotions. At least, you're not allowed to. Well, you know, your positive or negative emotions, you're just not allowed to, to be hurting something. You have to be conscious of your consciousness while you are in your body. Just like when you're in a car, it's really a great huh, personality hacker's car model. Just thinking about how that's a metaphor, also, that I am very much using. Yeah, your consciousness, <laughs> your Myers Briggs stuff, that defines your consciousness. Your consciousness is relationship to your body, there's the car, which is your body, you, even your ego, your understanding of yourself, your vessel, your earthen vessel, to use biblical language, and then your, and then your, um, Sorry, I'm trying to. The thought isn't sinking in. It got stuck. Okay, so the car is your earthen vessel and then your, your body, your flesh, your ego. And then your, and then your spirit, what, what religion talks about connecting with, is the thing that has preferences in consciousness itself. That's your spirit. That is the goal. That's what we're trying to think and understand. Feel out. That's kind of an important, that's kind of an important thing. And it's very easy, very easy for me to lose sight of my body and not take care of it, not take care of my emotions, not take care of my physical body. Very easy for me. I also know that there are other people where it's very easy for them to not take care of their consciousness. I submit, frankly, I submit that's a lot of the church. Um, They became aware of it, but they feel like there's so much trickery going on. And they've actually, it's so funny because they have demonized their flesh, their human experience, but generally live in it. It's very, you know, their sensory, it's their feelings. There is a lot of uh, the community stuff, but I think that's FE. So they're very much, that's where the disconnect is. Hmm. This is all good stuff. Yeah, you know, the more, the more, you know, that'd be a funny sound for the podcast. All right, so I'm home. I'm trying to, I'm just explaining to you how my brain works it was all this was all very heavy and i started going down a rut so now what i'm doing is intentionally distracting myself with some dishes and washing my hands with the dog because i want to just destroy that whole model that i just built and then i'm going to make a fruit bowl and i'm going to go on the patio and i'm going to try and think it up again and then when i think it up again on the patio what's going to happen is i will see as i rebuild it weaknesses in the structure, I will see um, inconsistencies and in things that I want to fix, and that is my that is my favorite experience is actually building that structure. Once it's built, uh, don't mess with it unless there's a reason. And I love it when people show me a reason, then we can just smash it all and rebuild it because that's just how I think. It's how I do my thinking. I don't know why, just like many of us don't know why we prefer chocolate over vanilla. you're like, well, it tastes better. Well, why? What part of the flavor tastes better? Is it the cocoa part? Is it the milk part? Is it the sugar part? Well, it's the cocoa part. Well, why would it taste better to add more to it? Like vanilla people are like real purists, probably, sensing wise. I bet there is something about that. See how my brain goes? How the fuck am I thinking about chocolate and vanilla ice cream and how humans experience taste and preferences and taste? That's how it works in there, people.